0: This is Rookies, a podcast looking at various subjects from a beginner's perspective. Some of the interviews in this series was recorded as early as January of 2022. Rookies is presented in collaboration with Wild Chips, a Swedish-produced dried venison, perfect in between meals, or on the go, in the crag, or on your adventure. Found in well-sorted supermarkets around Sweden or online at wildchips.com. Wild Chips. What's more sustainable? Than the wild nature. Since me and this episode's guest sat down, he has been on the first leg of his tour, my happy place. The first time I saw him perform was at a local pub in Stockholm, where he did hilarious bits about Sweden and how we are as a people. What stood out to me in my opinion was that he did it with love, no mocking, no pointing fingers at the crowd. Born in England, grew up in New Zealand. He came to Sweden around 2010 and over the years he have become a close friend of mine and I have had the pleasure to work with him on many occasions and I thank you for that. If you haven't seen the show, buy your tickets at alpitcher.com. Sort of spoiled who our guest is right there, didn't I? Ladies and gentlemen, Al Pitcher. This is starting out really well
1: isn't it why don't you just say just press it down rather than trying to
0: clip it on isn't that the same thing what's your take on it do you want to start in a certain way how do you start podcasts
1: how many of these have you done do you want me to is everything (laughs) good with the sound it looks fine looks yeah you can see
0: like the let's not could we go
1: near If we get in your car, could we go near, say, Scandinavian House by Freedom's Plant, get some lunch there? Absolutely. I was worried and nervous like everybody else. And it certainly affects your psychology. It's very different. You just don't know when you start. I feel like you just get this, like,
2: diversity of perspectives.
1: Stay humble, stay curious.
2: You're listening to Rookies. Uh, hello everyone, uh, you're listening to uh, Rookies, a series of uh, podcasts that usually are held by Otto Blicker in the beginning, but now me, Henrik Ollon, is driving that. That's part.
0: a good start, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you're Henrik, yeah. I'm Otto,
2: and this is Rookies. What do we do? Today, we're going to have an interview with someone you know, actually. And have been working with before, right?
0: Yeah, sort of. Uh, we are both familiar with him. And he is going to get us more comfortable in public speaking.
2: Yeah, and that's actually a big fear of mine. So it's going to be interesting.
0: So what's yeah? Uh, how do you feel about talking on this podcast?
2: I think that it's um, it takes a bit of courage for me to do it, actually. I know that you have the fear of like heights when we climb. Mm-hmm. For me, that's easy. This is more like out of my comfort zone, even if someone doesn't see me. So, yeah. But it's working good, I think.
0: Sounds mm-hmm. terrific. Um, this episode, as mentioned, we're going to talk about public speaking. And we're going to do it with uh, a, a friend of mine. He's born in England, grew up in New Zealand. He started his stand-up career in London about 20 years ago and since then he has performed at comedy festivals all around the world and has won several awards. He has done his own one-hour show along with Eddie Izzard and Billy Connolly and many others. He has toured Sweden multiple times with his shows and gained big recognition through TV, stand-up comedy, his own shows... So, if we have any Swedish listeners, you will know who this stand-up comedian is, ladies and gentlemen. We welcome Al, Al-
2: Pitcher,
1: and you can help me get some a microphone and a stand for the thing.
0: the thing. Let's get going. Okay, so this is not awkward at all. No, uh, this is not weird at all. We. Are doing the Rookies podcast and Rookies for you who doesn't know was uh, started two years ago. A bunch of friends climbing mountains in the beginning of the pandemic. And I thought it needed to have a catchphrase being humble and creative and curious and stay that all the way through life, even if you're a professional but then i'm curious on different subjects and i thought that being a rookie you should you should you're always a rookie there's always new things to learn and that's why we have interviewed a bunch of people in different genres and categories doing climbing adventuring and other things that people might want to get into and one thing that people tend to be scared of is speaking is public speaking. Mm. That's why we have a good friend of mine
1: here today. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were talking to me. I was were, talking yeah, to you. No, you are talking to your listeners. Yeah. And you and I was like, mm. yeah, I'm here. Mm. That's
0: perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Al Pitcher with us today.
1: Yay! Dave, the breakfast show, normally radio has applause, but... Exactly.
0: Yeah. That's what we're going to add on later on in the show. And um, we're going to go kind of straight into the subject of public speaking. But first off, uh, if you were to introduce yourself in a sort of an elevator pitch, who is Al Pitcher? No pun intended.
1: Um, a genre breaking? No, I, um, I am a person that's getting away with it. I'm a comedian, stand up. I have dabbled. In other forms of entertainment. Um, what do you see
0: that, in other
1: forms of entertainment? Well, I've tried acting. Okay. I've tried uh, radio. I feel the best thing I can do and the best thing I'm good at, there's a difference there, I think, in my thinking, is um, stand up comedy, being on stage. And even when I look at recorded specials uh, on Netflix, et cetera, of mine, I still think it doesn't capture what live is. So I love just doing live. So when I go into the grave, just put stand-up comedian somewhere. In a a
0: TikTok meme or on your gravestone?
1: Yeah, on the gravestone. Okay. Yeah. But I... um, I was born in England, I grew up in New Zealand, and I've sort of found this niche, I would say, of being the outsider in Sweden, uh, joking about what Swedes take for granted.
0: And doing so, have you, because you have lived in Sweden now for, what is it, ten, twelve
1: years? Yeah, twelve, yeah.
0: yeah. Do you feel like you have reached a certain point where you can't be an outsider anymore?
1: No, I still think you, especially do it as as an observational kind of comedian, I don't just do one line comedy. I think you're still constantly seeing things. And I used to hate the idea of like local jokes. You'd see a comedian go, oh, hey, Malmo. Oh, Lund. It's a bit smelly. Something like this. Okay, mm. that always works because it provides rivalry. But um, is
0: it a tool a stand-up comedian uses to like unite the audience, like well, make them it, a team? Well, it's
1: it's Spinal Tap. It's it's uh, The Simpsons. It's like Hello Springfield. You know, but on the back of the guitar. You know, trying to remember where you are because you're on tour. Um, I know comedians that would ask. Okay, what is the what is the shittest area in town? Yeah. You know, and then they would just insert it into the joke. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really much effort to it. I did make the effort because everything was like. It's like I try and do a thing which that I'd think I would call power local, which is just all jokes about. This country, all jokes about Swedish behavior, or traditions, attitudes. So it is like, I used to hate the idea that someone would be in the audience and go, oh, that's so true, so true. And I, 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 I used to really fight against that reaction because I thought, I want them to laugh. I don't want them to recognize, you know, I don't mm-hmm. want them to be like, oh, we do do that. Isn't that the same thing? No, for me it was different. It was different. But as I've gone on, I see that people, it is the same. It is people laughing at themselves, laughing at a thing that they took for granted.
0: Is that the purest form of joy, laughing at yourself rather than laughing at someone else?
1: Yeah, I I think if there's no victim involved, you know, if there's no... um, if there's no person that is mocked, I, I, I'm i very careful to, to not mock people, but I, I, Do won't... you
0: make yourself the victim then? Or do you, do you like, do you mock them in like, in a, in a group sort of way or make them self mock them well, in think, a good
1: way? I think the closest thing you want to do as a stand up is be the funny person in the pub or the funny person at a party or a cafe or whatever. So I think the most important person you should be laughing at is yourself. So for me, if I would say anything about my stand-up, it's me surrounded by madness. It, it's me in that situation. I think people also, I've done about four tours now and at the beginning, the, it was about me moving here. And then I had kids, and then my kids had got bigger. So it's almost like my audience have kind of followed my life. I did a sitcom, uh, which was on like SVT. For me, it wasn't as good as what I thought it was gonna be. I thought that I, I didn't really understand the process. But now when I look at something like Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I'm not talking of levels of writing or anything. That's more my life. Like, mm-hmm. just, and I, I, I read an interview with Larry David, who's the curb guy. And he just said, it gives him so much freedom, that show, because he can say things that he's thinking, but he can't say them in real life. So I think you, get, you try and get to as close as you as a person doing stand-up
0: you know but it's interesting that you mention that it's as close as possible like you you're trying to connect with yourself or self reflection is that would that be a key word for doing stand up comedy someone who is going into the scene of comedy is that a
1: starting point self reflection use that I use th- yourself definitely i th- i think i think the more unique you are the more original your voice is, even from the beginning, you see a lot of people starting, and you can see, all right, they've seen oh they hustles Yeah, Hart. yeah, and they've, they're, they they've just they haven't found their voice, but it takes years to find your voice.
0: Did you have someone you looked up to like mimicking their voice in the beginning?
1: Um, I, when I started, I didn't, the the thing is now, and I feel a bit old by saying this, but when I started, the internet wasn't such a huge tool, like, (laughs) it was still around. (laughs) We had, you know, we had a black and white TV. No. And a
0: horse carrying you to town.
1: (laughs) But I, when I started, you couldn't watch there wasn't like netflix specials there was maybe like hbo would do those one hour or half hour specials or you'd get like a cassette tape you know um or vinyl even so for me it was um you 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 sort of you you almost didn't know what was right or what was wrong And, and you fell into it not thinking uh I could go on and do TV or I could have a special. The comedians that start now, you know, you can see that they've seen all oh, this, you know, mm. and I find if I'm talking like Swedish comedy, I find their knowledge of world comedy to be unreal. Like it's it's amazing. They'll go, oh yeah, have you seen, you know, uh, Otto B, the great comedian from Germany, you know, i go, no, and they'll, they'll know it. I don't know
0: if you've seen Otto uh, It's you. Oh, go figure. Um, would you say that it makes it more harder for someone going on to the scene today when many of us see the same kind of content online and you find someone that you mimic and you feel like, oh, that could be my voice as a starting point. But then you realize, okay, many people in the audience has already seen this even if it's very obscure
1: yeah i i i also can't underline how different it is to be on stage telling jokes than in the corner of a pub on a friday night after two beers telling everybody a story it's it's so low it can be so lonely up on stage so and there's no pressure on you if you're, hey, this thing happened to me. Da, da, da. Bill Burr, comedian, talks about doing comedy when you go into when you go into a restaurant and your friends are there and something has happened weirdly in the taxi. You don't sit outside going, yeah, I'll do that bit there, and then I'll come in and then I'll talk about and then I'll talk about the taxi. You just go in and you tell the story. To the restaurant. Whereas stand up, you're overthinking all the time. So I see a lot of newer comedians who they've been told, oh, you're funny, man, you're funny. You're the funniest person around the water cooler in the office, you know. And. As a positive thing or a
0: negative thing right before going on stage? Do they feel the pressure or do they feel like, I just, all right, people have told me I'm funny, so now I'm gonna go up and yes. Yeah, I mean, you,
1: you, you even talk to like. Um, You even talk to like musicians who like troubadours and they say, ah, you know, I do a bit of songs between, you know, I do a bit of talk between the songs. And then they say, right, I take away my songs and I just feel like utterly naked up there, you know? Um, So I I find that people have this, what you got to remember is when you're watching those Netflix specials, that's the culmination of probably 50, 60, at least, tour dates. That stuff is worked up. That is probably probably a 90 minute show cut down to 55 minutes. That and it's is done
0: 100 times
1: before. Yeah, it's, and it's just edited. It's just, you know, any joke that doesn't work, they cut away to the audience. If you look at my. No, you don't. Um, you know, like, so, you know, they can lift up the applause, they can, so, when you're going into a pub to do your first gig, it's very different. And, you, you, you know, you, you you don't have the music playing in the crowd going, Oi! you walk on to someone asking their mates, shall I go get a drink now, or, you know, they mm-hmm. don't, they don't care.
0: I'm looking at your, sorry, I'm looking at your microphone and... Could you yeah you put it on the sweater I that's I it think it. One, yeah. there we go yeah I think it's a already. bitter bitter on that's your awesome. sweater yeah uh, we're gonna edit that part
1: out. I'm gonna have some cheese what are you gonna have you're gonna have feta wow okay MC so Pitcher. stand-up comedy is the only thing I can really do entertainment wise <laughs>
0: Did you have the thing in Swedish? Did you have when you went to school? Yeah. Did you have the thing that is in Swedish called the timmen," like the funny hour?
2: Um, I think sometimes, but that was like younger age.
0: Like the the funny hour or the roliga timmen was wasn't that like when you could do like performance or you could show and tell stuff.
2: Yeah. In front of the class. Yeah, if you wanted to be in front of everybody. <laughs> Everyone was supposed to see you and you, yeah.
0: If you had those things in school, were you one of those who went up on
2: stage? No. No, no. I was the one, like, um, trying to do something else. But you were, you were into sports, weren't you? Yeah, I was a football guy.
0: But wouldn't you say that that's a little bit like the same thing? Like, you're exposing yourself in front of an audience yeah yeah it is but you didn't find that scary
2: no I think that maybe because I knew that this is gonna sound weird but I know that I was kinda good and I know that the people around me knew that I was kinda good so I felt safe on the pitch Mm -hmm. but when I was standing all alone which you you don't do in a football team in front of everybody they can see all your flaws and I think that was the scary for me so that's the difference between like Al <laughs> he's all alone. I mean that's scary.
0: But 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 we're talking about stand up comedy from a rookie or beginner's perspective. Yeah. Was it easier for you and your the comedians of your, now it feels like I'm bashing you here, but the comedians of your generation to get into the scene, was it easier since maybe not everyone in the crowd had seen the same stuff as you? Yeah. Is it harder for someone to like, okay, I'm going to take that bit from that comedian and use it tonight?
1: Yeah, you're not really allowed to
0: do that. Of course you're not. No. You, you should never do that. And I, but I don't you're say standing you, on
1: the shoulder of giants. That's what I'd say with comedy. I yep. think
0: that was a really good way of summarising going into the scene today, yeah. compared to maybe ten or fifteen years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. You you just don't know when you start. That's the pure. That's the purest thing, is you. You don't actually know what's right or wrong. It's so exciting. You know, my first gig. You remember I, your first gig? Yeah, I. It was a place called the Purple Turtle Bar in London. (laughs) Um, All careers should start at the Purple Turtle Bar. And um, Is it still around? Yeah. No, they demolished it after my gig. (laughs) The guy just lit the place up. No. um, It was like it was like a I think it's a Monday night gig and it's so important. It's like going on on a first date that you think this could, this is going to go to marriage. This is, this is my life, you know? Um, I, I didn't come out of my mother saying I want to do stand-up comedy. I've never, there are comedians that started watching comedy when they were eight. They've been on stage since they were 12. I wasn't that person. I, went through a bit of um a hard knock life doo, doo. you know I, I i went through a bit of living my life mm-hmm. i was about 28 i think you know um i loved i did lo- i, lo- I love stand up but i didn't know not like these people now i didn't know there was a scene i did not know there was, I thought there was like four comedians,
0: honestly. You didn't know like the rule of the game.
1: I didn't know there was a comedy circuit. Yeah. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know half the comedians did comedy. I just thought there were actors on TV, mm. you know. Um, you know, I'd heard of Eddie Murphy and I'd watched like Trading Places and Coming to America, but I don't really remember watching his stand-up. Okay. But then people today, have they've grown up on, you know. Anyway, my friend introduced me at a party. He said, this is Al. He's a comedian. I'd never done a gig. And I said, you can't do that. And he goes, oh, you should do a gig. I had dreams of, like, acting. Um, and I think they ended pretty quickly, the reality of it. So book into this Purple Turtle Bar. Starts at 8 o'clock. I had like a six-month wait to get the gig. So I had this stress of... For six months? For six months of waiting to do my first ever gig. I think I was doing five minutes. Purple Turtle Bar is Islington in North London. Across the road is a graveyard where any good comedy career should start. I sat out in the graveyard for about three hours going over my notes trying to learn them i get there it's literally i'm out pitch you know i'm out pitcher, and they look through yeah just understand you know it was you know proper um nobody cared nobody did you die on
0: stage for those that don't know like you, you say die on stage if you didn't make it yeah laugh, a death right?
1: Bomb. You can bomb. Yeah, and then if you do well, you kill. Yeah, slaughter. Wow. Okay. (laughs) No, but it's like it's it's, it's very rough and hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But died on my ass. I think is one of the funniest ones. Did you do that that night? I I had one joke about Friends, the TV program, and it was about how beautiful they all are. And it was something about me having a relationship with Ross. It was something like that. And then I didn't, this sounds like a story I've made up. I didn't get any laughs. And then I went to put the microphone in the stand and it just went and fell down a bit. And this one or two people at the back, there was only like nine people in the audience. There was a dog walking around the pub. There was a guy at the back who just goes, Hey, like that, and that—that's kept me going. I, I wonder now if I—I I remember hearing that laughter and go, hey! all right," and and feeling—that
0: lit like, oh, your here.
1: Yes, oh, I spark. honestly, I'm not bullshitting. I felt a million dollars after that gig. I remember walking to the tunnel banner. I was like the tube in England. I was like. I was like Crocodile Dundee in New York, just wait, you know, like just waving to people. I was like, I've done it, and I got on the train and I sat, and I just wanted to tell everybody, I've done it, man. You know, like yeah. it was almost like I don't know if people get that with their virginity, but you know, because I haven't lost my joke. Weird, but um, no, but I, you know, I just wanted to shout it from from the roofs. Honestly, it was mm. so exciting, but I don't think you become a comedian until you've done 200 300 gigs
0: so starting at the age of 28 is that that, I mean I'm listening to this episode I'm considering getting into comedy I think I have something that I want to share is 28 old or could you be at whatever age and start
1: doing comedy any age yeah any age I think I think I think your expectations narrow slightly. Say if there's someone listening who's like fifty, you know, you you're not gonna you probably won't get on TV because they'll want they just want younger Yeah. Younger people. Um but anybody can give it a go. It's it is the best feeling in the world, and I and I put that up there with childbirth. I know this is a massive thing, but the the exhilaration, the the um, I don't know, is it ego? Is it the satisfaction of that that you get from? I can I don't know if people are listening, going, oh, imagine that, imagine being on stage and a thousand people are laughing at what you're saying. The stuff that is in your head, said in the order that you thought was funny, and they're reacting to it. It's, it's amazing. I, I think you've got to realize that there are, you can have these massive ambitions but I think you have to clip them sometimes. I think you have to be realistic. I think you have to set yourself these kind of almost short-term goals. The first one would be like, I'm gonna do a gig. Then I'm gonna do five gigs. And you just take it step by step. But I, one thing I would say is, it is incredible, it's like bungee jumping. Not that I would ever do that because there is a danger to my life. And it goes back to the Seinfeld thing of, you know, Seinfeld, They, they I think he says it in this documentary, The Comedian, which is worth a look. Really brilliant. Brilliant. Thing where he's working up material, Seinfeld. He says, people are scared of, I think number three was flying, number two was death, and number one is public speaking. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the fear of getting up there, and I, I, I don't have the fear anymore. But I will say this: that yes, it is exhilarating. Yes, it's the best job. It's wonderful, but it's lonely sometimes as well. You know, it is. It is a bit of there is the tears of the clown. You know, there mm-hmm. there is that part of it. Here, here's here's a strange kind of insight for me. Is like you you go to these shows you put the show on they all laugh they applaud they go off and have dinner and go to a party and they've got that joy you just slump back you take the suit off you get your bag and i'm not one to then go out and party and you know so then I'll just go back to the hotel room.
0: But you have used your energy already. Yeah, and yeah. Empty, right? but, but you have like filled them with joy and energy that yeah. they're using afterwards.
1: And they've gone off. Mm-hmm. And I've got this. I've gone to concerts. I've gone to gigs. I get the same feeling as well. But after that, you're, you're just sat in the hotel room, you know, watching Netflix, having a packet of chips. You watch your own specials then? I don't. Okay. I, I find it quite awful. Okay. Even hearing my voice, hearing my own voice.
0: But isn't that kind of, how do you say, contradictive? Like, you want to stand on stage. You want to have that reaction from the crowd. Mm. But then listening back to your own voice or seeing your own show, that's nothing.
1: I, I, I record the audio of every gig. Do you do that to analyze? Yeah, because there might be a little bit in a story where I go, oh, I, just, I have added on to that. I don't think I've listened to... 20% of them? Mm-hmm. No, uh, I've listened to 20% of them.
0: Yeah. Should you do that from the very beginning as a comedian? Analyze your things and...
1: Yeah, but then you get... the. It depends on what kind of style of comedy you're doing. You can easily overanalyze. Everybody's hunting for that, that perfect gig. I... My live shows, not the specials, but my live shows are very interactive. So they can sometimes fall a bit flat and in big rooms, it's quite tough to do interaction because you can't go, what's that mate? Row 73? What did you say? You know, the back of like Scandinavian or something like, ah, you know, and the crowd, you lose
0: it. Would you say there is a perfect show in your opinion? Could be yours. Could be someone else's. No,
1: no, no, I don't. I don't. I, um, I think there's an, um, there's sometimes it's the way you make them feel rather than laughter, Mm -hmm. you know, and also with comedy, you have to be, you have to either be funny or interesting. If you're none of those, you really struggle. You can still say really kind of insightful things and sort of not be funny. You have to be funny at some stage in the show. But you can have those moments where you're more interesting than you are funny.
0: Do you watch comedy? Because what you just said about making people feel made me think about a quote from, I think it's Maya Angelou who said, people won't remember what you said. People won't remember what you look like, but people will remember how you made them feel. Yeah. Is If you are looking at comedy, what do you bring from watching someone else or someone else's show? Is that the feeling, the energy that you got from looking at it, or do you remember, oh, I remember the whole story? I,
1: I haven't got a great memory, mm-hmm. so I don't remember. I can watch a show and I won't be able to quote a show, like okay. a line, but I'll remember how they made, you know, how, how I felt and were, did they look like they were enjoying it? You is know, that
0: something that you are, w- when you're doing those recordings, th- is that the thing that you analyze? Like yeah. th- the energy of the people, could it be something else rather than just the laughter in the room? Could it be? Yeah, but also
1: the, for, 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 for me as well, the, the, the enjoyment can, this is when I talk about it being a lonely experience, the enjoyment can kind of leave quite quickly. That's why I think. What I mean by that is, I I watch comedy shows and I just pick at it. Like, oh, he could have. Done, oh, I saw that coming. Oh, yeah, okay. I see what you're doing there. All right, that's a joke. You're going to do a callback. So you overanalyze. It. You become this kind of. It's almost like mathematics, and it's that can really it takes out the joy, uh, the 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 fun of watching a comedy special. I grew I grew up. On a on a, a special that I used to watch, Billy Connolly, Scottish comedian, and he just told these stories in front of a celebrity audience, and I can still quote that because it, that was a thing that my whole family used to watch, mm. you know. But I watch a special now, and I'll that was all right. Oh, they only they only had twenty minutes, and they stretched it for an hour, you know. Oh, it's a brilliant start, and then it kind of you know, so.
0: But do you still, if you think back at it, do you still get the same feeling that you got? No. Back then?
1: No. No, no. Because
0: you have overanalyzed it over the years. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, scrutinized it, gone into it, looked at it. And and also a recording for myself is never captures what was in the room.
0: Do you do you ever stop yourself to not overanalyze stuff? so you don't get the joy out of doing what you do? Well,
1: at the moment, I'm trying to work up new material. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, if I go into a club to try out the stuff, if I'm at a point where I'm just doing the club, I will talk to someone in the front row who's got a funny hat on or if someone picks something up. I'm now at the point where I know I can do that, so I go in and just do the jokes. So the joy of it goes out of it a bit. You know, that's but why I'd say if, if, you're, if you're starting comedy, the longer you can keep the joy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, the longer. But also on the flip side to that, my thing is, wow, I'm doing, I'm doing this. Um, this is my job to make people laugh. How lucky am I?
0: Do you, rem- do you remind yourself of that often?
1: Definitely. What a life. You know, honestly, what a Does life. Does that
0: give you the joy back then? Like if you've been a period of analyzing your content, is this funny? It could be quicker, it could be slower. Do you kind y- of yeah, tap I- yourself I- on the shoulder going, hey, you should remember, you this is your job. It's quite amazing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But I would say it is a little bit, it's a bit like life but it's about climbing the mountain and you get to the top and you go right i've done that i've recorded the special i've put that towards what's next and you look up and you go that's another mountain you know and you start again it's just constantly climbing up and i've been doing this for 20 years and it you know you you sort of want to just I want this next show to evolve so it's not just a set show. So it's just me having fun. You know, I look at someone like that, Dave Chappelle, who works up his shows. And I I quite like that. You know, I quite like that you just work on your thing. Um, I would also say if you're starting comedy, you might go, oh, I like this style of comedy. I'm going to do it like that. But then in like about you know, 10, 10 or so gigs, you might go, no, I'm not that kind of comedian. I don't want to do those jokes. I, I I started a bit kind of one-liney and then I had a lot of hosting shows like emceeing, which in the UK is a much bigger thing than it is in Sweden.
0: As a host, then then you are doing I'm smaller intru- bits before you introduce yeah, someone Yeah, but I'm else.
1: introducing the acts yeah. and I'm doing more talking to the audience. Mm-hmm. So I would. So you have to, you have to go from zero to one hundred pretty quickly. You mm-hmm. can't just, yeah. So this thing, you've got to be like, hey, we're here. This is going to be a great. And you're
0: night. doing that in between yeah. the bits that people do. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And then if someone dies, yeah, you have to go on and try and lift them. You know.
0: Oh, so so if you are dying on stage and if you and you see oh, MC picture going up, you know, like okay, I've totally crashed this. I didn't make it.
1: Yeah, I mean, but if you're if you're dying as the MC, that is... That's even worse. Oh, yes. because that, if they hate you, mm. and then you have to keep coming. You know, at least as just doing comedy, you can go, all oh, right, that's my 15, 20 minutes bite, and you're gone. You get in the car, you leave. But as the MC, you're popping back up, and they're like, oh, God, it's that guy again, you know?
0: Have you ever had a situation where you know that you've been bombing and... Rather than trying to save the situation, you just go straight on and, like, being transparent about it. And yeah. then that has lift you up again.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's one of my, one of the qualities that I can bring is if it's going bad, I can... Get up on that saddle again. And No, 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 just dig down deeper. Okay, and use that. Instead. Yeah, and go, okay. oh, f- oh, normally, goes mm-hmm. all right, but this is, yeah. What's happening? Am I speaking a different language? You know, like, Mm. yeah. Um,
0: Does that connect you to the crowd then
1: again? Yeah, because then it's real. Then it's Mm. like, oh, this is happening now. This is, this is, he's not, he's not phoning this in.
0: Is that the purest form of comedy? Using stuff that happens in the moment?
1: Yeah, but I've also, oh, definitely. That's, that's liquid funny, that. That is, if you can go, What you you do that and you do that job and you bring them together, Mm -hmm. wow, you know. um, But also you, I can be doing well and then I can have a joke go a bit meh and then I'll dig a hole and then afterwards, someone will go, why did you do that? They were loving you. Mm-hmm. And you kind of said it was going shit. There's, you know, there can be that self, you know, Digging harming your button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
0: today we have, I mean, you say you have been doing this for over 20 years now. You have comedians that might be funny in the phone. You're watching clips on Instagram, TikTok yeah. or whatever. Would you say that they need to do some self-reflection before going on stage. If, for instance, I have an account on on a social media platform and people think that I am funny, do I need to adapt my content for a live audience, or in the other way as well? We have people who are really good on stage. Do they need to think in a different way doing stuff online? Oh, definitely. Or yeah,
1: it's it's yeah, it's it's like. Um... It's like decathlon, or or it's like putting an album together, you know. Decathlon Deca- is when you do ten events during the one day. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, you've got to have skills in in all of these. I thought you were talking about the store. <laughs> no, the no, no, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got to have mm. that. I don't know what you call it in Sweden.
0: Yeah, triathlon, triathlon, like the one where you best triathlon. And that's we... only three, but decathlon
1: yeah. is ten. Wow, amazing! On the, on the two days. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I um, I think you've got to have skills in everything. I think you have to... I think if you're starting comedy right now, I think start with just doing it. Writing. I think writing is important. And you choose
0: the platform that you are most comfortable with, if it's digital or if it's live. yeah, Do whatever yeah, it is.
1: and and do that best. Mm-hmm. Don't be just... I think... When you get to my level, I think it's good to be that decathlon athlete and mm-hmm. be able to do different things.
0: And know that you have to do different things depending on what platform yeah, it is. but
1: I would also say be make sure you do one thing brilliant mm-hmm. or don't. And then you
0: can get around with the other things not yeah. being brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And which which one is the most scariest to you? Putting things up online, making people laugh, or going on a stage in real life?
1: I, the, f- the biggest fear I get right now is the smaller gigs, trying stuff out. So
0: it's, it's meeting people in Yeah, in I life. mean,
1: yeah. Um, the smaller gigs are the toughest for me right now because I only get to do 10, 15 minutes. And I'm trying to put together a show in the 10, 15 minutes of like, it's like if, if it's like, say, an album, but the album's got a story, and, but then if you just play two songs from it, it's like, what? Okay, you know? Adele. No, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. not, not that it's so, it's not such a concept, conceptual thing that I do, but it's like the other night I was doing 15 minutes at a gig And, oh, this is going to sound shit. I was on at the end, so they wanted me to do a bit more. Okay. And, but I just couldn't find, I was going through this little system in my head going, Mm -hmm. should I um, do that bit? No, they won't get that bit. That suits an hour show. doesn't suit now. And Mm I, I, yeah, it was a weird thing. So... So you
0: so when you're trying out stuff, you're really trying out stuff for a longer show. But when you're trying them out, you you, you can literally not try those things out because it no. wouldn't make sense. No, and, kind of and also... also it's a catch twenty two.
1: When you're doing clubs, it's like da, 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 da. but when you're doing like these one hour shows, you can take a break, like you can, you can stretch uh, yeah, and you can talk about. They, you know, as long as the, the joke is at the end, you know, it's just when you're doing a shorter set, they don't want to hear a, a long story, you know, that can last for 10 minutes. I, d- I just don't think they do.
0: Have you ever tried one of those things going with like experimenting with things on stage? Like today, I'm not going to do the, 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 the club rhythm of it. Today I'm going to do the show rhythm, but I'm on a club.
1: Do you know what I did um, recently when I did an hour and a half tryout show? I sat down and I told the audience when I walked on, I'm not going to talk to you guys. I'm just going to do the show. And it was really great. Why? Because... I was just ultra focused Mm -hmm. and physically I wasn't moving around. So I could just focus on doing the jokes. Don't talk to that, you know, like a magpie, see shiny things. Just concentrate on the stuff, you know. Um, What was the reaction then? It was great because it was so focused. Mm -hmm. You know, like Chris Rock, when he does comedy clubs, Chris Rock, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Walk, <laughs> Chris Rock. I'm hungry. Chris Rock walks on with A4 paper, font, maybe forty, mm-hmm. and reads reads the jokes. Doesn't put Chris Rock into it. So, I was walking down the road the other day, and a policeman pulled me over, and said. And I said I was Chris Rock. That's all, right? You go and see that on stage in a big arena in six months' time, and he's like, you know, I'm not going to do the voice, but you know what Chris Rock sounds yeah. like. So it's or it's then it's Chris Rock. He's he's put the mm-hmm. energy in, you know.
0: But that needs some, some kind of self-confidence to actually go up with a paper on stage, knowing like, I know I'm good, I'm doing this as a triad thing. If you laugh or not, it's not as important right now.
1: I just need to see if this... It is important that they laugh, Mm -hmm. but but they need to laugh at the material, not laugh at Chris Rock doing the material. Okay, so
0: it could be anyone going up on stage and the material is good. It's not that it's Chris Rock doing the material that makes it good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not, that's the closest I've got to doing it like that. And that was a bit of a breakthrough for me, was like sitting down and actually, there there's something about not moving around Mm -hmm. that got me a bit focused on telling the stories. The thing with comedy is tell the story and tell it as well as you can. That is, that's as simple as it is. You can sometimes watch comedy. I watch myself sometimes, and I think, "What am I? Sa- what am I actually saying here? What? What's the point in this? Is there a point to this story?" Some days it's just bleh, bleh, you know, it's just noise. It's like music.
0: Al will in this episode about. Watching yourself performing and questioning yourself while doing these performances. Yeah. Have you ever questioned your choices um, that you do with climbing and things like that?
2: So far, I haven't been questioning myself when it comes to climbing, because I, I, I don't think that I've gotten that too deep in it. But yeah, of course. I mean, you can question small decisions in life and you can question big decisions in life. I think the important thing is to just keep on going, I guess.
0: But you do you ever question, like in the moment, yeah. if you're climbing at the climbing gym, do you question yourself before doing a a wall, a boulder problem? Like, am I doing this for my own sake or am I doing this because I'm unintentionally or intentionally like competing against someone else in the room?
2: Honestly, I think I compete more now than in the beginning, because in the beginning you knew that you You are less strong, you are less good with the technique. So that can take a lot of courage to actually go there and do the easier problems.
0: But when, 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 uh, like, using someone else as, uh, like, when you're measuring yourself against someone else. Uh, that might be a better climber than you. Do you do it to prove your, prove it to yourself or to someone else that you want to show them that you're on the same level?
2: Oh, or I see. No, I, I I hope I hope I don't because I don't think you should compare yourself with, with someone else. Else, it doesn't matter how long they've been climbing or something. But yourself is always supposed to be your. Your goal. Um, of course, it can be hard. Do not compare yourself, but I don't think I have done that only for the sake of me being better for myself, but not to prove it to anyone else. Yeah. How about you? I mean, you... you I
0: question myself all the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: like, why Why am I doing this? Um, Am I doing it to improve myself? Or do I feel... Because I have to be honest with you, like, I feel stressed yeah. time over time when we go climbing. That yeah. Um, you have reached a certain level that I haven't, and then I try to like. I I, I always want to. I love seeing people, um, developing, and reaching new heights. Yeah. But uh, from time to time, I feel stressed that I'm, I'm trying to prove to someone else that I'm improving as well, and I think that yeah. could be a really bad thing because then you're not improving for real if that makes any sense
2: yeah i think i know what you and i think i can understand that too and maybe for me it's easier to see like yeah if that's the case maybe it's because i've been like on the wall probably twice as much as you have when it comes to hours but when you're in that situation yourself maybe it's not that easy to actually like think rationally about it and that comes to everything in life i guess
0: and probably a whole lot when you're standing on stage yeah (laughs) so what is your point what is your purpose
1: i think when i look at a show i constantly for ages, especially with this pandemic, I've had longer than most to think about this. Like i w I'd love to do like a, a very reveal show, like a story that has a red line. So they, they go with me. And at the end, it's like you, you tie it all up. Mm-hmm. If I'm honest, I just want to make them full of joy, full of laughter, but Full of laughter is sometimes not enough. I mean, you
0: have a stage, you have you have a voice, you can communicate something. You could use it for, or is the joy
1: the the end game? At the moment, I think it is because I think we've been inside for two, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think being in a crowd and laughing with each other is massively important. And I'm not saying that to sell tickets. There's a lot of people that are going, yeah, medicine, you know, laughter is the medicine and Yeah, yeah. You know, but I I do think I do think that's true. I do think we need to be laughing again. So I have I've tried to look at stuff like um like I, I wanted to maybe do a show called the invanderer, you know, mm-hmm. the, the immigrant, yeah. cause I, I am an immigrant. I've, you know, i and I've also, I was born in England. I grew up in New Zealand. Then I now live in Sweden. I've got Sweden, Swedish citizenship. I struggle with the language. I struggle with the way things happen here, but so I've got a story. But I just think—is that too heavy? Is that the people when they buy a ticket for my show, they know the one line is he jokes about Sweden and he has fun.
0: That's kind of the elevator yeah. pitch of the yeah, show. yeah. But don't you think you have reached a certain level where you can go and do a more serious show I and think people next still show.
1: not this one? Okay, yeah, I think next one.
0: But you need—you would need a few years in in as an established comedian to do that kind of show
1: definitely yeah i don't think you can start i also think when you when you start you think you're fully formed mm-hmm. you think you're the comedian you do like five or six gigs and you're like okay where's my where's my talk show where mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm great at. but this. along
0: the way you just realize you have
1: you have more and more and more stuff to learn. Oh, absolutely. And I learn every day. I still learn, still learn now. Like, you know, why did I do this? Why, you know, especially when you're trying out new material, swearing is the biggest thing.
0: But talking about learning, we're go- going to like kind of wrap this up in a bit. But have you, is there any time most recently that you have realized like, Oh, my God, what a rookie mistake that was. How, why did I do that with
1: 20 years behind me? Yeah, I think sometimes I've tried... Especially when you're trying out new material, You, it is what it is. You, It's like you're playing a song before it's gone into the studio. Mm-hmm. So you... It is what it is. You just got to be happy with what it is. So you're not going to take the roof off with an idea. And sometimes maybe it goes back to the ego. You, you know, you, you want to, you want to make it. So they're like, yeah,
0: because in your head you have already like tried it out a hundred times in your head and you think, okay, this is established. Yeah. So this has been with me for some time.
1: No, no, no. But with new stuff, what the relief with new stuff is when you do it, you go, oh God, I'm not mad. This is funny, right? But when they don't laugh, you go, oh, come on. There is something in this, something funny in this. And when you're trying out stuff, there's a little, you can get one line and go, that's enough for your, the success of the whole night for you. You can do 10 minutes, one little line will work and I'll go. Okay. I've got 20 seconds there. You know, that's how I think r- also rookie thing for me is sometimes they say, Oh, you've got to go on at the end when I should just go, I'll just go on first
0: and go all Jimmy who's killing this stage before for the, the well, no went but, on.
1: but when you're doing new stuff, you're not, you're not killing the stage. You're, you're, it's new ideas. Mm. So but people don't let that happen and that's a mistake I can make is going on at the end with stuff that is not ready. I think one thing I will learn and this is a rookie thing that I've done is I will always keep going and doing gigs even if I'm on holiday. You can take a holiday, take a month off but I always have 20 minutes in the bank to Mm -hmm. try. Because what I've done is I've let that 20 minutes go down to nothing. And then when you start back up again, you go, i got nothing, man. Mm -hmm. I've got nothing. But if you have 20 minutes that's just boiling, maybe Mm. it's not the best. You you can
0: go up on stage and warm up way quicker. At least
1: try. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you can start adding to it and adding. But it's, it's just it's small gains, man. It's just, it's just small steps forward all the time.
0: But we're seeing the light in the tunnel now and we're getting through this pandemic now. You're going up on stage again. Have you been able to keep those 20 minutes going for the past two years?
1: Yeah, because I was doing digital gigs. So uh-huh. I, I tried them out there.
0: But now we're leaving the digital world and going out in the real life again. Yeah. So what what's next to come? Or what's what's going on right now? Depending on when we release this. Hopefully. <laughs> no, but in I in spring.
1: I um I've just been the last since the restrictions gone, I've been going out nearly every night just trying stuff.
0: We should emphasize that the restrictions are gone here in
1: Sweden then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also the... um, There is a difference. Some comedians just write a show and then they go and do the show. But I'm one that has to work it up through the clubs. Because I think if you're club-funny, you'll be great in the theaters and the arenas.
0: Are the people there who are great in the arenas who are not good on the clubs? Um, as an established comedian do you need to be able to handle both
1: yeah but here's another thing when you're trying out stuff that you're going to be playing in front of like 3,000 5,000 people that is got to be big stuff and if you do that in a club where there's 30 people they're going hang on fucking chill man what Mm -hmm. the hell you know so there's that there's that problem as well
0: So you need to be aware of the dynamics yeah
1: yeah you need to read the room i suppose Mm. you know um play to the people in front of you you know but also you never honestly you never stop learning with this it just bites you on the ass so if i
0: as a newcomer meet you on the subway and i say i want to get into comedy you're about to get off the train, how would you summarize it in a sentence or two?
1: Write, get five minutes, get it to a point where it's in your head, you can speak it, and then book a gig. That's it. it? Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't have any more expectations than that.
0: What's your expectations for now? Is it having lunch? Yeah. Alright. Well, thank you for <laughs> being on the show. Thank you. And as you are sort of a close friend to me, I was about to say relative, you're not. Awkward. <laughs> Could I just have you saying, Hi, my name is Al Pitcher.
1: This is Rookies. Hello there, my name is Al Pitcher. And this is Rookies. Do I need to be such voiceover? I'll do it again. Hi, this is Al Pitching. And this is Rookies.